not well read Sit back, play some dick jokes on the podcast instead Different guests from near and far Bringing bright light to the dark They sit down, have a heart to heart Then joke about it, fart to fart So listen and enjoy it Funny fucked up stories Committing mental crimes Do some time with Drew Lord. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today, we have Chicago comedian Tyler Horvath. Hello. Hello. How are good, you? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too, man. Yeah. Just chilling. <laughs> Just chilling. Like, Normal. So stressed. Um, yeah. So, first question I always ask, if you're not familiar, is how much time have you done? And it means, like, therapy, psych ward, uh, mm-hmm. depressive episodes, the fun, fun mm-hmm. stuff. Well, yeah. So I've never been in the psych ward, but I've and I've only been you in therapy. The podcast, right? Huh? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> that I didn't was know. A hot 30 I didn't know what this was. I didn't yeah. get it from the title. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I've only been in therapy probably for the last. Well, I get. Let me. I think like in the last eight months, maybe oh, okay. or less. But it's like, I think uh, I needed it so bad that I think like, it's like you know when somebody. I think a lot of people who start that takes them a while to kind of like incorporate some of the things that they're learning in it because they're like, you know, is this necessary? Do I need this? Am I like, do they know anything like whatever? But when I went in, I was like, please help me. I need, (laughs) I need, (laughs) I need like, you know, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. You know what I mean? So like your bottom, so to speak when you went into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I kind of came out of a, of like a bottom of sorts, like enough to kind of like, literally do the the tasks associated with like you know figuring out insurance which i you know i'm obviously i'm lucky to have you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't even have that but like yeah i was i had this i had this whole thing that we'll talk about but then like yeah once i came out of that a little bit then i was kind of like dipping again and then i actually gasper i had a conversation with him one night and i was like "Ah, i'm just like so anxious all the time like blah, blah blah he's like buddy do therapy yeah 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 (laughs) you know get in therapy it works you know whatever and I was like I know I need to and whatever he's like literally just tomorrow do one step he's like tomorrow look up you know ask your insurance or like ask your HR person about how to do your insurance or whatever and then the next day like make a list of the people that that come up uh, under your insurance and then the next day after that call some of them so he was giving you like concrete steps to make which is really yeah. hard because people don't get that like when they say like go to therapy i'm like yeah but there's a whole bunch of bullshit Actually, yeah it's a lot of like, it's a lot of steps insurance. it's a lot so of so many steps but that's good that he like broke it down for you because he's also used to be like a therapist so yeah exactly he and he knew it's, like, and, hard. yeah exactly and he knows that like that it's like logistically like actually difficult and then also someone who's like really anxious or like depressed or whatever like being overwhelmed is a big barrier right for that kind of mind yeah. sometimes and it's like adding another like, thing to uh, i don't want to yeah. yeah and so making it not a list making it just all oh, this all you have to do tomorrow is just this you know right. and then after that the next day right. you do this mm-hmm. that's why i tell people now when they're visibly struggling and yeah, i say yeah, yeah. and i say please go do therapy uh <laughs> you know but yeah he he was very helpful he's been helpful a lot of ways and like just gently nudging me in that direction for a long time um, but yeah, that was a helpful conversation, and I, and after that, I kind of like, I just went in with fully like, 
I'm I'm your you know do with yeah. me do with me what you will just help me please you know because I'm I just like crippling anxiety yeah. and all this stuff so is it like did you go to just general therapy or was it like a specific type of thing? yeah yeah it's it's I just looked for who was in network and okay. who you know seemed like they had an office because this is all pandemic. I've never had oh, one in, wow. per, in person. I'm, okay. I'm still remote. Like, we still do it over the, uh, like, Zoom, basically. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a go back to the office date. Like, yeah, I'm fuck. like, I'm, I haven't even brought that up. Like, I don't know. It's like we're, so, we're in such a good rhythm. I'm like, I don't yeah. even, you know, we don't even have it to. It is nice doing it in the own comfort of your own home. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was nervous at first because my girlfriend lives with me. And I was like, you need to put headphones in. Yeah. And, like, and she's great about it, too. That's she's good. like. That's She's like good. constantly reassuring me, like, "Hey, just so you know, I had music on." I'm like, "I trust you. It's good." Yeah. You know, but that's very sweet of her. But yeah, like right up front, I can't even talk on the phone in front of a person. Oh, you just get anxious. Yeah, I just want to like be. I just want to like walk out of the room and just have the conversation. Like, it just feels weird another person listening to your conversation. But you know, that's anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Okay. But, so, did you get diagnosed with anxiety? I mean, she really hasn't done, she hasn't, I don't know if that's like. Because you just went to a psychologist, not a psychiatrist. Yeah, just okay. a psychologist. Okay. And, uh, and I kind of wanted to go that route first, but I know some people need to go to a psychiatrist first and like get on meds and then they can kind of get a baseline that they right. can like then work on mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and, you know, maybe there'll be a time when that's the case for me too, you yeah. know, but like right now it was, it was just like. I just, I just was like, let me start with this. I don't know. I'm very scared of pills too. Okay. I don't know why. It's yeah. just like a thing that I was always very scared of. Like I never like, you know, with all everyone experience, you know, most people experiment with drugs and everything. Mm -hmm. And I did that too, but I never with any pills. I was just always scared of them. Mm. I don't know why, but it's like, I was like, you know, <laughs> mushrooms. Okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but then, yeah. you know, that, some, that someone <laughs> found on a field, that sounds great. Give me those. But a pill that someone made in a lab. Mm, I don't yeah. know. Science? I don't trust it. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm anti-vax. Yeah. No, but makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's all connecting the dots. Yeah. Uh, but when you went to therapy and you were like, I'm hit my bottom. Was it, what was it specifically? Like what, what were you going through at the time? Well, um, I for a long time felt like I, had shit that I wasn't dealing with just like the function of my, I just felt like I would always get caught in loops okay. of for a long time. Like, cause I, and I would just get paralyzed, um, by different anxiety about, you know, a certain decision in life or, uh, uh, you know, this or that. And I would just get in these loops. And, uh, I just, I think for a long time I knew that I needed something to kind of like knock me out of that. Okay. And uh, I was in a loop like that coming out of the pandemic and also not having dealt with I, I didn't deal with the pandemic well at all. Yeah. And like I didn't deal with the fact that I hadn't dealt with it. You know what I mean? It's right, like right, and right. it's just shit just keeps piling on. Yeah. You know, not to mention Gasper twice in the first, you know, eight minutes he's of this been on podcast. He's more than anybody else. So. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. great. I love that guy. And he uh, early on in stand up like you know, maybe like a year or two in when we were both, when we were here and it was like me, him, Tucker, Eric Scott, like running around doing open mics all the time or whatever. Um, I, I, we had a conversation with, that we reference now all the time still where we were like, just kind of hit both hitting a wall with like stand up and like 
you know, getting, getting booked, but also just like writing and like getting better at performing and all these things. That's like a loop in itself. Yeah. And so we felt very like plateaued and we kept like whatever. And one of us said like, um, you know what I think we need is, uh, to get better at standup is personal growth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Personal growth, like in our actual lives, like will translate into getting better and like more successful. You have more to say. You're not stuck on things. You can actually think, you know, and I knew that for a long time. And this was years ago. This was like maybe four years ago. Okay. And, uh, I knew that. And, but I didn't know what, uh, how to do that. You know what I mean? For a long time. And then it's really, you know, it's just very simple. It's like do the things that you know that you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of, but it also takes a lot of self-awareness to recognize that because mm-hmm. most people don't get out of those loops and they're stuck right. for a really long time because they just think that all of a sudden something's going to change. And it's kind of like the, the Einstein saying where it's like insanity is doing this. Totally. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like that for me, like I, I completely understand that because it's like, there are some times when I like will plan on doing an open mic, but I'm like, no, I can't. Cause I have to deal with these emotions. I'm not just going to go on stage. Like it's not going to benefit yeah. my career. It's going to only hurt it. So I mean, like, that's great. Yeah. So like, I think, recognizing that and like wanting personal growth it's a huge thing people don't understand that because it's like you not only do you have more to talk about on stage but you're like you feel better going places yeah and your energy is better and like you you learn how to cope with things like if you bomb or like you're not panicking all the time panic is not a good state to be in for more than like five seconds do you have panic attacks yeah i don't anymore i mean i haven't had them in a long time but i i used to have them yeah I used to have them really badly and I had, I've had some bad, really bad ones and just like, you know, just. Do you get, cause you said you get paralyzed. That's how I feel. We're like, mm-hmm. like last week, I don't have them anymore, but I know how to, cause I know how to prevent them. Right. Me too. Yeah. But like, it's a therapy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I was like, I literally crossed my name off the list last week at Laugh Factory cause I was just like going through something and I was paralyzed. Like I literally just stare and I my friend was like that I was talking about everything. She was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I can't talk. Like I, yeah, there's like not words cause you want to say so much, but you can't. And then your brain. Becomes totally. Like I remember moments like in my, with, uh, with an ex-girlfriend where she was like trying to talk to me about something. And I just like laid there, like not looking at her, just like, <laughs> like I, cause I, I don't know. I mean, that was like, it's hard to even remember. That's a long time ago, but it was like, it's like, yeah, I just totally froze. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here until this moment ends. You know what I mean? Because like, I can't deal with this, you know, which, uh, probably wasn't, uh, was, was probably very frustrating for her yeah, <laughs> at the time. But, it's, but, it, but if you understand anxiety, you get it. Cause yeah. it's like, I think once you figure out, and again, it's so important to figure yourself out once you figure out what your triggers are, how to deal with them, and then how to, like, get over that, like, loop of feeling paralyzed. It's super important. Because how I get over it is I take a lot of deep breaths and, like, time. I know that it's going to take time. Yeah. That's the thing. You have to be like, no, I, I, this is going to – I'm going to be sitting this for a few hours. It doesn't just go away. Like, I get right. I get tingle, tingly. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes my legs go numb. It's a really weird thing, but it's all anxiety. It's a, it's a very – people don't understand, too, that it's a very physical thing. Like, oh when I have panic attacks – I would really literally think I was having a heart attack and dying like a hundred percent. I was like literally, you know, 
going through the stages of grief over my own life, you know, going yeah. like, well, all right, I guess I had a good run. I had people that loved me. You know, I had a decent childhood. I, was I, your heart, heart rate's up? Yeah, I planted that apple tree with my grandpa that one time. That was a sweet, that's a sweet memory. I did something good. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just there accepting my own death. And the doctor's like, you, you're just, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just. You're in your head. Uh, yeah. And it's like, uh, it, it's an incredibly physical um, phenomenon that you just don't, you don't understand that until someone you know, you talk one, you talk to someone else that has that. Yeah. Or you talk to like a professional. Right. Get help if you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get help everybody. Yeah. Um, but like do you so how else does your anxiety manifest physically? Like it's, it's all it's all like chest stuff. Like okay. chest and my throat. Like it feels like my throat's closing up and I can't breathe and I'm not gonna like I had this whole thing in college one time, like for like week like months. Talk about loops, okay. So I had this feeling in my throat like I couldn't swallow. But when I ate or drank anything, I was swallowing it. But it's that dry swallow. Like I I had this feeling that I couldn't like, you know, just you just swallow all the time throughout the day. Right. And I just felt like every time it just like stuck in my throat and it was just like this weird, weird sensation. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, and you you might think about that. You might go, okay, well, then go to the doctor. Uh, I had my own insurance through this, through a job that I had in college Mm -hmm. and I had on the forms of the, this is, this is real, real anxiety shit is on the forms when I was filling them out for the health insurance, I checked a box that said I wasn't a smoker, but I was like smoking cigarettes for like, like two months, three months or something like that. And then like, you know, smoking weed and all this stuff. So I was terrified literally I went, I was just in a loop of this thought of like, I'm going to go to the doctor for this throat thing. They're going to tell me I have throat cancer. It's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars because the insurance isn't going to cover it because I checked that box. And I just got just a full on loop for like long, like a long time, like maybe a month of just like, it was constantly on your mind. Yeah. Whenever I wasn't like directly distracted by another thing that I was doing, you know what I mean? Uh, so it was just like, you know, that's a torturous state of, of being, you know what I mean? So, and then finally I just at some point just like, I couldn't take it anymore. And I like told my parents about it and they were like, we'll figure everything out. Just go to the doctor right now. And what was crazy was that, so I go to the doctor, they, I'm telling them my symptoms are like, this interesting. Okay. Okay. Let's take an x-ray of your throat. And then I get to, then like, I'm waiting for that. It's like an urgent care and I'm waiting for the results of that. And I'm just laying on like the doctor, like on the, um, you know, whatever that thing is, the bench bed thing. (laughs) I was like, I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. What is that? I've never tried to describe it once. It's so weird. With the paper on it. With the paper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you Bench feel like, bed. yeah, you feel like you're a steak. They're going to wrap you in the paper <laughs> and send you off to somewhere. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's fine. Honestly, it would, I would have welcomed it at the moment because <laughs> I laid down and I just fucking, it started having a panic attack. Like I literally thought I was, I was like, okay, this is the moment where they tell me I'm going to die and I might die in this room right in now because bed. I thought I was having a heart attack and I was like, literally like, <laughs> You know, that short breath where oh, you can't yeah. you can't oh, catch yeah. it and all that. And it was just like, it was horrible. But then that was when I was like, I'm 
excuse me, just accepting. I was like, I'm going to die. That's crazy, man. It's young, but man, you know, I had a pretty good life. <laughs> you know, I think I, you know, I made some people laugh. I played a couple of soccer games. That was fun. <laughs> you know, and I was just accepting it. Um, but thinking fully that I was going to die. And then, uh, uh, and then they come in and they're like, okay, so, uh, come look at this. This is the x-ray. And my throat was like closed up, like not, not, not wide. Or it was like, she, the way she described it, she was like, you were supposed to do, I think she, I think she, she she used some analogy, but she was like, it should be like this wide, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like a, like a McDonald's straw, I think she said. Okay. And then it was like, but it was like really, really closed up to where it was like a coffee straw. Like it was really, really thin, like my airway. And, uh, and so she was like, but as soon as she said that, I like calmed down, which is crazy. Right. But it was just well, that, like, validating, it though. did. It was. It, well, that was the thing. It was like, I was like, oh, okay. All right. There's something actually wrong. I'm not crazy. You know right. what I mean? But we go, she's like, I'm going to send you to the hospital. Um, I'm going to call an ambulance. And my friend had just had a panic attack like four weeks before that. Yeah. And he went to, he got an ambulance because he thought he was having a heart attack. And they got there and they were like, no, you're having a panic attack. Right. And then he had to pay for the ambulance. Yeah. Great country that we live in. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was like, no, don't call an ambulance. Yeah. I'll drive there. Yeah. It was just around the corner. And I was like, I literally feel the same as I felt for like for months. A, a couple months. Yeah, yeah. So I can drive right. five minutes to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, this is good. This is great. I'm, I'm in the place where I have to be right. to deal with this thing that's real. Um, and then I get to the hospital. They do all the same tests. EKG on my heart and all that and they're like you're fine you're good good numbers um yeah we got this x-ray that's strange but we're just gonna give you like I don't know what it is like steroids or something just anti-inflammatory shit and then eventually and then I was like in a good mood I was like joking around I was like making the guy laugh I was doing all these tests because I was like all right good I'm where I need to be on all this stuff my dad drove up it was like a two-hour drive from Tampa to Gainesville where I was in school yeah just to be there with me. And, uh, and it turned out like they, they were like, we ran all these tests and like, we don't, we don't think it's anything really. Mm -hmm. We think it might be like, um, a combination between like anxiety and acid reflux because I was like drinking like crazy, you know, it's college. And I was also like coping, right? you know, but it was like, I was drinking like crazy. I'd also just like broke it up with my girlfriend at the time. And I was just like going, I was just oh, crazy yeah. a lot of stress. smoking cigarettes, you know, doing drugs, uh, like crazy stuff. Yeah. And, uh, not really doing drugs at the time. Actually, I was still scared of things, but, uh, like a little baby. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, I was like, you know, I was just in a crazy time. So they were like, don't drink so much, drink less liquor, uh, especially. And like, sleep a little at an incline, you know, try to do something for anxiety, you know, whatever, all this stuff. But ma- mostly they were focused on the acid reflux. They were like, I think it's just, they're like, it, it, it feels different to everybody. Uh, yeah. Like sometimes and, people feel it in their throat. It could be a symptom of anxiety too. It definitely is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a lot of anxiety. It was a lot of anxiety and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of things combined. But the thing, the, the real lesson there is like, just go get the help. Yeah. Don't sit and suffer. Go to the place that you know you're supposed to go to deal with the thing. Right. 
and spare yourself because yeah. once you find once you get in the room that you're supposed to be in with the person that can help you even if you got like a bad even if you got some bad news at least you're not just alone worried about a yeah. thing you know at least you're there you're where they can tell you yeah you're taking care of it and that's like yeah. a big you know jumping around obviously but that's a big lesson now in therapy mm-hmm. is whatever you're fixated on and whatever loop it is that you're in mm-hmm. go face the thing that is, ca- yeah. that is causing done, it because i'm ocd so all i do is like when i did therapy was exposure therapy mm-hmm. so it's like literally facing your fears or what makes you not not anxious but what makes you ruminate so it's like mm-hmm. for me a lot of exposures were like if you're scared people like they would they would do this thing where like I was scared of people judging me, which we all are, but it was like constant anxiety about that. Yeah. And then they would make me wear a post-it note on my shirt that said, please judge me. And I'd have to like pull out like cards from this like table topic card bucket or whatever. And it'd say like, what's your favorite food? And I'd be like, oh, sushi. And they'd be like, that's so weird. And they would like judge me on purpose. Oof. And it, But they're so good at acting, these therapists, that like I would actually feel that anxiety. And then once it would dissipate, I would feel a lot better. Because I was like, oh, even if they judge me, like, who cares? I have to be confident. With yeah, you're still decision. there. You still exist at the other end. Exactly. I'm not going to die. What anxiety, okay. thinks, anxiety makes you think everything is a mortal threat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. life or death, very extreme. And like, have you heard mm-hmm. of... um? Cognitive distortions. Did a therapist talk about that? No, no. She They're, doesn't use much terminology at all. Yeah, like she I, just, she just, she just is like, what is your, what are you dealing with? How can we talk through it? You know. Oh well, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I don't, I don't know. I mean, she's, it works for me. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just learned I think a lot it's of just a different from, like, approach. I've been done so many years of right. I, I like was in the hospital, so like, mm-hmm. and like multiple times, and then they like. um like my therapist gave me this thing it was cognitive distortions and like group therapies and stuff and it's basically like 12 different types of way that you're basically your brain plays tricks on you and a lot of them are like black and white thinking catastrophizing so oh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. so it's like if i'm yeah, not I've this heard of then i'm things. this and then mm-hmm. there's a middle ground so it's like right. yeah, yeah. you know there's always a gray area yeah. and that's the whole point of it is like mm-hmm. the catastrophic thinking is like if i bomb at this mic i'm not funny at all you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, the cat. And then and I, I won't and be the gray thinking is like, no, maybe you just need to work on something. And that that's it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just so It's really hard. It's really hard because yeah. a lot of when our, you have a certain brain. That and then also like when you are so used to one way of thinking and mm. you're like, "Oh no, but this is reality." And you're like, once you realize your thoughts aren't real, Oh man. Then the best. it changes your life because you're like, oh no, I don't have to listen to my thoughts. I can actually change them. So it's like now. Yeah, you have agency. Yeah, exactly. Like it gives you a lot of freedom because you can control what you can control. Unless it's in totally. front of you, it's not reality. Yeah, absolutely. And even if it is, then you can deal with that. Exactly. You're still going to be able to deal with it. You're yeah. going to still be breathing. Right. And That's you're going to deal with it. Did you. So what happened after you. Like, so you didn't go to therapy, though, after you... No, I didn't. I mean, it's just, like, not a thing that, like, it was ever a part of my world. No one in my family ever did it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, my grandparents all died when I was young. Like, okay. like and my, my sister and my mom, I think, both did a little bit of therapy okay. at the time because they were just, you know, like, couldn't function. Yeah. So I was like, we need to intervene here. Yeah. 
but you know, and this is also something that I've talked about a lot in therapy. It was like, I, the way I handled it was stiff upper lip, be the man of the family kind of okay. thing. So nobody like was like, he needs help. Right. You know, I was just like kind of the one that me and my dad were like the ones that were like, all right, it's okay. We're going to handle this, like whatever. And that's, you know, but they don't consider you. It's also feelings. toxic, but it's like, right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's like, that's like, you know, if you want to throw the term toxic masculinity around, that's definitely caught up in that because we were both just like, we need to like be strong for my mom. And There's my sister. way more females on my podcast than males. And it's nice mm-hmm. when I have men come on because I'm like, it's obviously the whole like, okay. Yeah. Like all this shit about men and whatever being like, in charge mm-hmm. of everything but it's like yeah people don't they're also people too and have emotions and have right. things and they're told not to talk about them that's why you think you know but once you like talk to anybody everyone has anxiety and everyone has shit yeah. that they deal with and it's totally. like, obviously people don't have like they might not get diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder but most of the people you meet especially like in the comedy industry and people who are like literally putting themselves out there every single mm-hmm. day like you're gonna have some sort of issue with anxiety and it's, certainly and it's it's way more stigmatized with men and to be honest, like, I was that person in my family because my brother was always the one who was, like, in therapy. So really? Like, the opposite because he was, like, had autism and they didn't know. And, and then he was always, like, before he was addicted to drugs, like, he was always a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was always, like, making trouble in school and, like, that's the way he got attention was bad attention and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, it, so I was the one who, like, never got help until the end because yeah. I was always, like, the strong one. Where, like, even oh, still, like, they, my parents support, I mean, my parents, my dad supports my brother, like, in a sober living home. And it's, like, I have not gotten dime since I graduated college. Yeah. And it's, like, mm-hmm. because I'm always, like, oh, she'll be fine. And it's, like, but I'm also a person. Right, right, and I'm right. And I don't know if that's how you felt, but it's, like, it's always that mentality of, like, oh, Drew will be fine. And I'm, like, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, now, I, I just think that I don't. I didn't realize it at the time, but I think I definitely, I definitely had that because, yeah, I mean, I don't. I didn't deal with any of that stuff. I mean, probably still, I haven't really, you yeah. know, because I was like really, really close to them, and they all yeah. died like in the in like like relatively young in their sixties. Oh, like wow. all like back to back from different cancers and heart attack and stuff. Oh wow. So. Yeah, that also might be a part of why I didn't want to go to the doctor. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it's going to be bad news, I'll avoid it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I know what happens there. You right, get, yeah. You get bad. No, you, yeah. Especially you get terminal from a young age, news. if that's how you're conceptualizing totally. yeah. that industry, yeah. like, you're going to not yeah. want to go towards it. You're like, oh, I'll just do my own thing. Right. And like then it's like, I don't know if you have this, but then it's like, because I've talked about that in therapy a little bit, but... Yeah. Then it's like, even when you have a, that realization, then there's like a level, then there's like a round of like guilt about it where you're like, ugh, I'm an idiot about whatever. Yeah. And then getting past that is where you just like go like, oh, it's all right. I was afflicted with an aversion to doctors or whatever the thing is. Yeah. I was afflicted with not being able to face, you know, some financial problem or some relationship issue or so, you know, whatever it is that right. you're dealing And it's like... Yeah. Shame is really, really the enemy. It is does not. It does not work for me. I and this is. It's a Jewish stereotype, but like, my brother was in therapy since he was like three, so mm-hmm. I was always like around psychiatrists and psychologists and stuff like that. But it's like, 
the main focus was like whenever I went into therapy, it wasn't me. It was like group family therapy. And it was like, mm -hmm. how can we help your brother? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a person. Why is this all revolving around him? Yeah. And so for me, the shame was asking for help because anytime even something would go wrong with him yeah, or like, like why, I was in high school. What and do I, I have to worry about? Exactly. And when I was in mm -hmm. high school, I'd be like, yeah, my brother just over us on heroin, but it's like. I'm fine. I would always go, I'm yeah. fine. They're like, you're in a therapist office. You're not fine. Like yeah. something got you here, mm -hmm. you know? So like, I think that the shame for me was like acknowledging actually just like this year, like that it made me into a different person and really fucked me up to have like a sibling that was always at the forefront of everybody's attention. And like that negative attention got more spotlight than good attention. Like that. Right, right, right. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So the shame for me was like a little bit different, but I could see how your conception of like medical health is like, yeah, well, cause then you don't do that. Cause then you're just going to die. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you're just going to die. And then you have that realization later on you go, Oh shit, I've been avoiding the doctor because of maybe because of this, maybe because of other things. Right. But then you go like, Oh God, what an idiot I've been. Yeah. Right. You know? And then you go like, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> you go like, wait, hold on. Stop. That's what, like, I talked to literally this week, yesterday, with my therapist about, like, we've done a good job so far of, like, putting backstops in place for shame. Like, when okay. I'm feeling anxious now yeah. about whatever it is, whatever I'm not doing that I don't like or whatever I'm not doing that I want to do and I don't like myself for not doing it, you know, whatever it is, I used to just get... I would feel that and then I would just be overwhelming and then I would just be ashamed, you know? And I was like, the analogy I said was like, you know, like at, the, at a train station at the end of the line where they have those like big, like bumpers at the end, yeah. like if the train didn't stop coming into the station, it would, it's like a big spring that would stop the train from just like going off the track and like blowing everything up. That's like what I have in place now for like, any gotcha. any kind of anxious spiral or whatever it stops it gets backstopped before i go into like shame spiral you know like That's for great. the for the most part you know like every you'll have a day or like an hour in of the course. day or like whatever obviously yeah. but it's like you know you can put strategies and things in place that will will do that that was what the first thing i said when i got into therapy well the first thing i said was she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, all right, I want to deal with anxiety. I know I'm anxious a lot. Right. I was like, I want to deal with my issues because I don't want to be a 38-year-old uh, comedian that never went anywhere and right. never did anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I know, and I think that I'm in the way. I think that my shit is what's stopping me from, from getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then I said, and, I, and I'm looking for an alternative to shame because <laughs> I've, because <laughs> I I've, can't do this. Yeah. I really, <laughs> I've thoroughly tested this as a solution. Yeah. Like feeling like a piece of shit and yeah. like hating myself. I've really thoroughly tested this mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. So I need something else to right. occupy that space yeah. because it's, it's not working. Yeah. I mean, when you completely acknowledge your that that was also too i've definitely had that where like once i realized that i was worth like getting help or like that my life yeah. is important almost because mm -hmm. you're almost like when other people yeah are that's tough the, man i'm sorry that you went through that yeah thank you and it's just like when other people when you realize that other people 
are important too and you've been dedicating your life to like almost helping others and like putting other people before yourself that's what ends up happening is like you you don't think that you're in the driver's seat you're like oh no my life drives me and it's like no no, no you should drive your life like you yeah. need to let your thoughts not cloud you and like all this stuff and it comes that's the the similar thread with like a lot of people that i've had on the podcast is that there's like a breaking point because mm -hmm. you, you know that something is wrong like yeah yeah totally and i mean it's like so what happened for me too before like during the pandemic what i did everybody coped in different ways for sure what i did was i uh played online poker all day every day you're gambling. <laughs> straight up gambling yeah losing a lot of money <laughs> thinking i was like good i was like no no it's poker it's you know you, you can be good at it. It's on ESPN. <laughs> I was like, no, you can be good at it. It's not just yeah. gambling, you know? Right. Uh, but I played all day, every day to the point that it was like, uh, like I wasn't, like I was working remote, but the whole time uh, I'd be playing poker, like during the really day while I was like, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I, and, it got to a point where I was like, okay, so that was like, um, let's say I started playing a little bit, yeah. uh, right before the pandemic in like March or like, um, uh, you know, February, March. Okay. And then when, yeah, it was like March when it started, right. Lockdown started. Yeah. And then, so like March to <laughs> March to December, it like escalated. Obviously yeah. it didn't start like all day, every day, yeah. but like then by, by December it was like all day, every day. And I was like, like sat, my girlfriend knew that I was like doing it, but she didn't realize like how much and like how compulsively and like how much I was like losing, you know, and all this stuff. Uh, and then in January we were going to, uh, we were going to Portland to her friend had like their neighbor who's like a rich person, like oh. needed someone to cat sit and like water their plants for like a whole month. Oh shit. And so we were like, you know what? We're Chicago's completely shut down still. Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's go do something. Let's, right. let's get out of here. Um, and like, we were going to do that. And like the night before, like we're packing, and I'm like in a uh, poker tournament. Like as we're packing, and like I got really far into the tournament, and I got to the point where it's like it's like you buy in for like ten bucks, and then you, it's like thousands of people, and then if you get if you win, you would win like three four grand, wow. um, and then. And I got down to like the last like 25 or something out of these thousand people or something. And then I lost there and I made like 600 bucks and I was furious. You know, I was like, uh, even when I'm winning, I hate this. You yeah. know what I mean? I still yeah. hate it. I just won, you know, I just didn't win enough. And then I like literally, I just like broke that night. And then the next morning I like called my sister and was like, hey, like I've been doing this. I think I'm at a breaking point. I got to stop this. Like I fucking, I, I'm gonna. I gotta tell Sally. Like we're going to on this trip. Like if I, if I just do this the whole trip, like this is her like close friend. Like that's gonna be terrible. Like I'm not gonna be like present and like hanging out with them. Right. It's a bad impression with like her best friend. Like I'm gonna fuck up my relationship. Like all this stuff. Excuse me. And then she was like, "It's okay. Like don't worry about it. I'm here for you. D tell Sally. You know all yeah. this stuff." And then, you know, of course, it's like anything. It's like everyone in my life was like, 
okay, yeah, that sucks, but that's okay. Like, that's a very right. addicting but thing. But your anxiety is telling you, like... They're going to, like, I thought Sally was going to break up with me. Like, you know, if I admit this, like, she's going to break up with me. She's going to be like, what a loser. Like, you're broke. Like, you piece of shit. Like, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And, of course, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so so sorry that you're feeling that way. Like, right. thank you for telling me. I know that was hard. You know, she's the sweetest person ever. So yeah. it's like, you know, and it's like I'm very lucky also to have people like that in my life. But Absolutely. So basically I had that happen, and, like, I just cold turkey right then. And I, like, told my family about it. And it was just, like, a real relief, you know? Yeah. I, that's what, all I felt after. I was like, oh, okay, geez. It is, it is interesting when you do, you're so nervous to tell people stuff, and you do, and they're like, okay. And you're like, oh, that's what I was thinking yep. about for a week. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so they were very supportive, and I just, like, didn't do it. And then I, like, stopped, and I didn't um, – I didn't get into therapy then. I didn't get into therapy for probably like four I months you were after that. Doing things that were leading to the right track. Because if you're talking to people about it, yeah, 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 yeah. That's on the right path. And then I had a conversation with a friend in in Portland, and we were both like, "Man, I think I gotta talk to somebody about some yeah. of this stuff." You know, he was dealing with certain things. I was dealing with all this, and then other stuff. You know, just all the regular anxiety stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I think I need to do do this. And then he was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. And I was like, kind of like, no, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. everybody says that they're going to do it and they don't do it. And then they stay the same. Like, yeah, I should do it. And then I still didn't do it for like a couple of months until after that, like the day after that conversation with Gasper. Okay. And I was like, all right, let me like take care of this. Yeah. And it's like changed my whole life wow. already. Okay. So what are the, some of the things that you've, like, worked on in therapy or that you've learned um, as far as, like, like, with your anxiety, what's your, because I know you said loops is, like, your biggest thing, but mm -hmm. what specifically have you worked on and, like, what helps you since you've gone to therapy like that? Well, the, f the thing that I tell people who aren't in it, first, the first benefit that I saw was just the fact that you're doing it is helpful. Like just knowing that you are taking care of yourself mm -hmm. is already a good thing. Like it already feels good right. and productive and it doesn't feel like you can't be like, "Ugh, I'm you going, I'm going to therapy. What a piece of shit I am. Right. You know, I mean, I'm so suppose somebody could think that, yeah. but it's like everything's possible, but it's like, I knew so thoroughly that it was, was what I needed Yeah. that like, then when I started it, I already felt better about myself. Like my self-esteem went up because I was like, Oh, all right. I'm doing the thing that I know that I'm supposed to do. Right. And it seems like you knew you were supposed to do it and you just put it off. I put it so off for a long, long time. And it's the same thing when you were like, Oh, my throat was closing. And once you went to the doctor, you like felt better. Cause you're like, exactly. It's bad news. Like I'm in the right place. Exactly. The right it's always, that's like my loop is often is often like, there's this thing that's fucking with me mm -hmm. and I know that I'm supposed that I need to deal with it, mm -hmm. but let's just keep going the way that we're going <laughs> and like momentum will carry me through. People uh, don't understand though that it's like the work in therapy is very hard. It's not easy. Yeah. But going through what you're going through without doing that is worse. Way it's, worse. You just think it's easier because you're used to it. Surgery is painful, but right you know, not taking out that appendix is worse. Exactly. 
you know, exactly. it's much worse. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's exactly. So, uh, you know, just the fact that you're doing something that you know that is good for you. Right. It's like if you eat a fucking salad, you're like, all right, yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm doing, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And and that's all, that's a, uh, that's like, I it's that just occurred to me and I think it's like a decent way to think about it because it's like, you can't just eat one salad and be healthy also like you got to keep going back it's like most things in life is consistency is the what makes it and to that point it's like the other thing not just the first time you go where you're like all right hell yeah i'm doing something that's good for me Mm -hmm. then throughout the week when you something comes up or when you feel a certain way now you have somewhere to put it right you know okay monday at two i deal with that you know like that now I have a place to put that. It doesn't have to swirl around in my brain for the whole week. You know, if something happens on Tuesday, my therapy's not till next Monday. I go, all right, yeah, and I put that, I put that aside and go like, okay, that I'll bring that up on Monday. Uh, that I yeah, felt that that's, way. Yeah, that's also another important thing. Yeah, if you don't have that, it's just swirling around inside of you, and you just, and it never gets resolved, and it just like builds and builds and like combines with all the other stresses of life and everything. And then you just like lash out. You're just acting out of like desperation and, and you're, you're, you're completely reactive. Yes. Rather than when you're, when you have this outlet, you know, at least for me, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but like, but having it has made me be able to be much more proactive. Yeah. You're again, like you're in the driver's seat of your own thoughts and it's like, exactly. Like, I've been, so I was in therapy, and then, for, like, most of my life. And I haven't done it within the past couple years, because I've been on and off, and, like, I had a therapist, and she, like, got married, and, like, moved, and kind of ghosted me, which was hilarious, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, am I? A lot. But (laughs) I, like, wasn't seeing her that often, and every time she saw me, it almost seemed like, this is why I need to find a new therapist, is because every time she saw me, I almost felt like my problems weren't that big of a deal. She's like, oh, you'll be fine. It almost felt like it was my family again, where my therapist was like, oh, you'll be fine. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's why I'm coming to you. And I well, that's what you, you should, that's what you should tell your next therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> you, I went to a new a... one and she would, because everyone's like, you got to get back in therapy. That's a, So this is, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, that's very good. funny because that's a loop in itself of like when you're having an issue with your therapist, the solution is to tell your therapist about it. (laughs) But you're like, but I don't, I can't because it's a bench with her. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so ironic. It's like, the the solution is always in the problem. You know what I mean? And it's like, the problems within the solution. Right. (laughs) And so it's like, it's, it's tough, (laughs) but that, that is the, like, if, if you were still with that therapist, I would, I would say Drew next week, uh, bring that up. Right. You know what I mean? And I did, and I have brought it up, and then I just, she never, like, would follow up with appointments with me, and I was like, you don't want money, so, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) And then I found a new therapist, and she, all I wanted was, like, an OCD-specific therapist. That's my main monster, because I used to be like, I I used to think I was crazy, because I was like, I have OCD and anxiety and depression and an eating disorder, and then I'm like, no, it literally all stems from OCD, and that's just what I have. Right. Like, it's the top of the, like, branch, or the tree, where it's like, yeah, I have, like, ADHD and anxiety and depression, but it's, like, 
I'm having ADHD and I'm distracted because I'm distracted by my own thoughts that are in a loop. It's not yeah, ADHD. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. a mm-hmm. OCD. So like that almost made me feel better that I wasn't like 10 different diagnoses that I thought I was. But like mm-hmm. I was talking to this new therapist and she literally would pause for a whole minute. I, w- I was like able to write jokes during this. Like she was pausing for a minute and I was like, why is my therapist pausing? Like writing that down. Like, yeah. It was weird. So I, stop singer because i was like this is too much money to yeah and then now i'm i'm switching jobs and i have a better insurance so i'm going to this like place for ocd for therapy that's but great starting next month so yeah yeah but it's like it's funny because it's like that same thing of like you're, th- you're going like yeah i have this therapist whatever and not not you specifically i think yeah. a lot of people do stuff like this but it's like and then like this is this happens a lot when people are writing jokes where they'll go They'll tell me the joke, and then I go, and then they'll go, you know, because it's like this and this and this, and I go, well, say that, you know. It's always like say the thing right. that you're you use to explain the thing that you just said. Exactly. Just say the thing. So just say the thing. You know what I mean? It's like just deal with the the thing, but it's like yeah, it's really hard to do. Oh, absolutely. And that's why it's very beneficial to like talk about it with people and yeah and the reason why i haven't been in therapy too like is because i was in it my whole life and i have like a ton of skills that i know that honestly like most people who are even in therapy like haven't got to yet because i've right. been there since I, I mean i've literally seen a psychiatrist and or been in that presence or in that field since i was like three to six years old so i've mm-hmm. like experienced that i'm on antidepressants i've been on them since i was like 16 and i'm 25 so like i've done enough time so to speak where i feel like i can take a year off like it's not most people have to go through it for years and years and it's like you should stay in it once a week for a while so that you like understand certain things and it's like i know how to cope like i totally haven't had a panic attack because i literally know how like and i have medication for it but i don't even take it because i'm like i know how to cope with this yeah um i just think i need a therapist to like vent to because my some of my friends are like i you need a professional (laughs) like you know what I mean they're like this is like it's not that I'm overbearing because it's more that I'm it's a lot of like deep trauma stuff that they're like this isn't something I can help you with you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely and um and I think everyone goes through that and I I don't obviously always talk to your friends but like when it comes to stuff of like for me I listen to a lot of like also mental health podcasts or podcasts that talk about like um, doing research on the competition. Yeah. <laughs> I know who my enemies are. Um, but I've heard a lot of stuff about mental health and how, like, I don't know. There's just all all this all these resources and information that I that I hear about, and I'll actually like incorporate that into my life. Mm-hmm. And but I still, again, at the end of the day, need somebody to talk to. I think it's yeah. I just don't. I don't. Now that I'm in it, I don't see a time when I don't want it. Yeah, you know what that's I mean. Great. I just I don't think I'll ever not. It's just so game changing, uh, and you know I also think I did a lot of time without it. Yeah, where I just gritted my teeth through my twenties, yeah. you know, and it was a lot going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're in a person's twenties, you know, and uh, yeah, I just fucking white knuckled it through all of that. Ugh, and so rough. And uh, so I am I'm in now. You know what I mean. And I think. Yeah, just having someone to just tell about, like, you know, I'll have I'll have 
a whole half of the session often is just like then this happened and then this happened yeah, and you know your day it's just literally telling someone about but your things day things come up that you're like you don't think are going to come up because yeah. you're like their job is to listen to you talk for an yeah, hour exactly so which yeah and i i definitely but it's like there was something that i was thinking of that was like that i learned about mental health wise about um Oh, because you know how, so if people don't know when they first go to therapy, they ask you about your childhood. And apparently, I learned this, if you don't remember, like if you have like brief parts that you remember, like I don't remember shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, apparently that's trauma. <laughs> like, and, yeah. I, and obviously like no one's going to remember when they're, every second when they're four years old. But right. It's like, I think I have a lot of repressed shit because I, you know, I wouldn't say my childhood was like traumatic, but I would say that there was having a brother that was a problem child and me always having to be like the older sister when I was like three years younger was rough. You don't have to say that it's traumatic. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's also another issue. That yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Like heroin's fine. Um, yeah. But it's like, no, you just basically did the <laughs> I'm fine thing. It doesn't matter. I'm good. Okay. You just did it again. There is this, um, I was in this group therapy when I was like in college and uh, we had to we had to go around the room every time we were group therapy and say like two emotions, and um, I I think I would say I'm fine every time. Mm -hmm. Somebody would be like, they they're like they're like fine is an emotion, Drew. We went over this. Oh my god! So so like somebody would go, I'm I'm angry and I'm like they would have like different faces that would describe different, but which I just. Automatically, my comedian brain was like, "Let's just rip this up." Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah. My my therapist this week was talking about values, and I was yeah. like, "Ugh, shut yeah. up." <laughs> but I said that I was yeah. like, I was "Family, like, ugh, God." Well, just like someone who talks about their values. I mean, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, my values are family and brotherhood. Shut the. F no one who, cares. You like him. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. No, my, and so it, it all seems com very community and. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, shut no your, did, yeah. You're like, Fuck shut off. your white mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so like I would go around and I said I'm fine, and they go, if you say like I'm fine, we're gonna send you like to the therapist, like because we know you're not. Okay. That's weird. You're at a hot. Like, Therapy is a punishment. Yeah. No, like, they're, like they're, you're gonna they go to timeout and therapy. talk about your. That's literally what they were. They were like, dude, like if you say I'm fine one more time, like we all know it's not good. And right. I was like, all right, well, you're here. You're in this room. Right, I just felt, so I think too, um, which is important, especially like for people like us who have issues with like recognizing their own emotions because you don't think they're as big of a problem as other people's, is mm -hmm. the issue I had and why I would say I was fine all the time is because the hospital I was in, I was the youngest one there. Everyone was like over 30, I was 19. And then I was like, I had everything going for me. You know, like I was, I was doing a division one sport and I was in a great state and like I was, my grades were always well even when I was depressed and so, there were people that were coming in that were like, I like just came back from the military and I have PTSD. And there was one woman who was like, I like brought a gun to my head last night. Blah, 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 and I was just like, I'm good. That's, that's also what contributed right, right, to right. me saying I'm fine because I almost felt like I couldn't escape that bubble. That's, it so was really, it was rough. I mean, that's <laughs> terrible. I almost said it's funny. It, it is it funny. Is kind of it is funny because they gave, their their therapy for you was just put you in a play in a heightened version of your childhood. Yeah. 
I know. I was like, yeah. okay, everyone's problems are still bigger than mine. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. go kill you're myself. You're like my, my, you're like my brother's problems are worse than mine, and I'm scared to talk about it. And then they're like, let's do group therapy with this person who just killed themselves. I'll try to kill themselves last night. And you're like, okay, well. I know. I was like, what the fuck? And then like I and they would always that's look a, at that me. That was like, your first exposure therapy. Yeah, that yeah. was my first. Exposure. I'm like. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah. Oh, it was so rough and like. That's awful. Oh my god, it was it was a lot because they were always like, "Why are you here?" Like not in a bad way, but they're like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "But this is part of the problem is that mm-hmm. people always ask me what's wrong, and it's like, I guess I'll just say I'm fine because, yeah, I do have good stuff going for me, mm-hmm. but like, I have stuff going for me, and I'm still like, like I was cutting myself and like doing a lot of harmful shit, and mm-hmm. it's like, clearly I wasn't fine, but. I said I was fine because I'm like, well, somebody just talked about killing themselves. Yeah. Well, that's and also I'm, comedian I'm scared of too. doing two and a half flips. Like, literally. Yeah. And it's so I'm like, okay, well, where, where's my vet, like role in this group? Yeah. And then once I opened up about, uh, like, shit, because I, I didn't talk to my dad for a couple of years when I was in college. And once I opened up about that and my brother, they were all like, why haven't you said anything for two weeks we all just thought you were like like a narc (laughs) (laughs) they were all like what we all thought you were just like like we all wanted you to open up but you never would Mm -hmm. and so then once i did they're like you're like no that kind of you're like yeah no that's my that's the thing right that's why i'm here that's why i'm here (laughs) yeah because i can't i can't pry pry myself open right because it's like like on the way to practice one time, like I hadn't been talking to my dad, but my brother was like, I looked up ways to kill myself and I'm going to kill myself. And like, he was in a sober home and he, but he was sober, but he was like trying to kill himself because he was like, couldn't use. And he was like, so <sighs> yeah. So he was like, if you don't call dad and ask him to give me money, which now I'm like, okay, he was using, I'm mm-hmm. going to kill myself. But I was in practice while I got that text and I go Jesus to the locker Christ. room to call my dad and he's like, Oh, Landon's just like, doing that and then I got in a fight with my dad about it and my relationship with my dad wasn't good so that it just made my relationship with my dad worse and then my brother was like so it was all this stuff and I remember I went to I went to the group therapy and told them all that and they were like oh okay like this makes sense Mm -hmm. you're not just like a student athlete that's just like not getting all A's you know and I was like no this is like deep that's horrible (laughs) yeah it was kind of that's horrific well the 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 more fucked up part about it and like I've talked about this I just can't you would imagine getting one text like that. Oh, it's that. crazy. It's like, it's, it's a lot. And it, you, you learn how to deal with it, unfortunately, when you have like a brother that has addiction or anybody that has yeah. addiction in your family. But, um, like the, the, the fucked up part about it, I've talked about this on the podcast before is like the NCAA is very, we don't care. We want you to win. So mm-hmm. like anytime I had an issue, like if someone, Somebody, I remember this one kid, he um, didn't do his homework on time, so he got to go home and do his homework. And then I was like, hey, my, I literally that day go to my coach. I'm like, hey, my brother said he's going to kill himself if I don't call my dad. Like, I got to call, call my dad. And he was like, you need to leave your problems at home. <laughs> and I was like. I mean, that's just So it's like they baffling. do not. Yeah. And then, like, I, I went home. Long story short, I went home from a conference and I quit diving. And then I came back to get all my shit, like, a month later after I went to therapy, exposure therapy, whatever. And they never asked me how are you after not seeing them for three months because I had, like, a mental breakdown for, like, months. Mm-hmm. And I came back and they just, like, basically slide the paper in front of me and are like, hey, sign this and you're done with us. Yeah. So it's like they do not care. 
And I think that's one thing that obviously the NCAA like, people need to know about that industry is like, it's not, it doesn't treat people well. It doesn't treat athletes well. They always mm -hmm. like endorse mental health, but they're doing that as like a front. Kind of like a lot of these oh, companies yeah. are like Black Lives Matter. And it's like, well, what are you actually yeah. doing? I mean, I saw one time I was at the Pride Parade and I saw a billboard of a Miller Light can with a rainbow on it. And I was like, yeah, they care. <laughs> yeah, you're like <laughs> Miller Lite. They care about gay. I mean, no. They absolutely. You're like, you are the reason why we drink. <laughs> yeah, I was like. God. But it's like. No. Yeah. yeah, of course they're. Yeah, it's all fake. It's, it's all money. It, right, and then that. But it's like I won't sit here and be like, oh, that made me a better person, but it made me so strong to be able to establish boundaries and know who gives a shit and who doesn't, you know? Cause yeah. it's like, a, it's easy for me to, and it made me value myself as a person where I was like, oh no, I thought because when you're, when you're anxious and you're fucked up, you think that they're right. You're like, yeah, oh yeah. no, I shouldn't value my family because totally. I should value diving. That's like, what, what the fuck? You know what I mean? That's yeah. preposterous. Yeah. But then once you get out of that and you talk to people who are normal mm -hmm. and a therapist, they're like, oh no, this is very fucked up. Like even my, I had a sports psychologist who I was super close with and she was in a meeting with me. I've never seen a therapist do this in the years I've been in therapy. Um, it was like me, my coach, and my sports psychiatrist. And she looks at me during the meeting. She's like, what the fuck? Like, this is your coach? Because she didn't, I mean, she believed me, mm -hmm. but she didn't like understand. She looks at me, she's like, he's fake as fuck. Like, yeah. And so I, that validation helped me quit too, mm -hmm. where I was like, this is not the right environment for me. Yeah. That's like, right. this guy does not give a shit. Yeah. And it's a lot of, like, like my coach my second year was a champion of the NCAAs and missed the Olympics by, like, one point. And so he was really upset and then took all his anger out on us to be like. Oh, it's classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be like, no, you need to get first. And I'm like, my team would celebrate me when I didn't get last because I was, like, lucky to be Division One. Like, I wasn't that level. <laughs> I was just, like, lucky to get it. And, I, and obviously, like, I had skill, but I wasn't, like, I was, like, D2, D3 level. But they put me on the team. And um, so I was like, I'm not here to win. Mm -hmm. Like, I boost your GPA and I'm a good leader. I'm not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can lift weights, but right. like, I'm not, right, right, I'm not right. an Olympian. Yeah. And a lot of people, like my, one of my friends was just in the Olympics like this year. And it's like, yeah. they were all training for that shit. And it's wild. But um, That is crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Um, but like, what are, me, I was going to ask you too, because I, going well, back to you. You said that was your me. You said me, my coach, and my sp uh, sports psychiatrist. Yeah, that's that's there's your sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> me, my coach, and my sports psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I like that's actually has a good ring to it. I like that. Any th any three of something. Any three, yeah. Comedy three. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I was sitting on that for way too long. <laughs> I like it a lot. Actually. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm gonna write it down. Yeah. Um, but so now that you're in therapy and stuff, like, what are some of the things that you? Okay, so here, here's here's a question I was gonna ask you because I think a lot of times when you're in therapy, as it, longer than five months, I think even like once you get over that hump of like them getting to know you or whatever, what's something that you realized helped you, but you didn't realize it. Does that make sense? So you're like, yeah. oh no, wait, therapy has actually helped me, but it's not like you're consciously using a skill, mm -hmm. but because you've talked things out and you've used skills, it's helped you. Um, I think like advice to other people uh, is one, is a big one because 
you know, I think I would feel like um, if I had a friend that was going through something or something like, you know, just whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, now I feel pretty confident in the advice that I give them where I go like, you know, if things, it seems like you're kind of caught up on this and maybe you should like deal with that. And you might be like, you're saying that the issue is this, but I think it's actually this, you know what I mean? Uh, and so like, I'm actually like pretty confident in my, like, cause like, you know, if I said something like that, you're really kind of putting yourself out there when you give someone like real advice, especially right. like in comedy, because everybody's just like, ah, you know, whatever, like, uh, fucking, you know, what I, yeah, I'm just, I'm a fucking lunatic. And I go, well, you should, uh, deal with that. And then you might. <laughs> yeah. Cause we were talking about that. Yeah. We were talking about that the other night where you're like, no, we're all, I hate when people say all comedians are crazy because it's like, yeah. that's such a generalization. Yeah. And it's not, um, static. Like right. it doesn't have, you don't have, you're not just fucked up and you're a lost cause. Like you can deal with your issues, yeah. you know? And again, I'm like lucky I have health insurance. I know that that's like, not everybody has that. Right. And it's like very, I'm very grateful for that. But just the, just the decision, even if you're not in therapy, just the decision to, to, to start to, excuse me, deal with your stuff right. is really the thing. Yeah. And then however you go about that, you know, do you start meditating? Do you start working out? Do you start, you know, just doing less of your bad habits that you know are bad? Come on, be real. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like every, it just feels like, especially it's all, when we're all in a, in a, there's a, a muck of starting comedy where there's no, there's no one watching and you get to just kind of feel like a piece of shit yeah. and nobody's going to be like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? You know, you're not at all. And it's painful. I went through it for six years. You know what I mean? Seven years. <laughs> it's like, if there's any like comic that's newer to, than me, and if I can just go like, if I can even slightly intervene and go like, look, you don't have to suffer this whole time. You can, you can make a decision. I think it's to deal a with this culture stuff. thing that that's it's um what's the word glorified. It really to is to suffer, uh-huh. and it's almost romanticized because yeah. even the shows that. Yeah. Come out about comedians like making it, like crashing. It's glorified to suffer because what's on the other end is great, but it's like it doesn't all have to be. Like there are certain things that I don't do anymore because I realize I don't have to do them. Yeah. Like there are certain times where like we'll be at a mic or whatever, and I'm like, I think I'm just gonna go. I don't yeah. have to put myself through this. I have a show no. this weekend. Like yeah. I don't need and and certain things like like navigating the scene of creepy men and like getting comments and stuff like that. Like I have learned how to manage that mm-hmm. where I'm like oh I don't have to sit and talk to this person because they told me I was funny I don't care if they think I'm an asshole because whenever they say I'm funny I go thank you so much and then I walk away mm-hmm. I don't care I'm protecting myself that's establishing a boundary yeah, for myself. Yeah. Like, I don't have to suffer because at first I'd be like oh well, now I gotta talk to them and it's like no I'm making myself do that right no one's telling me to do that and and just this this I the idea that you have you know again that agency to right. go and it's and it's rooted in self-worth like to think that your sure. to think that like your time and energy is worth something, mm-hmm. and that you should protect it, uh, is yeah. you know you gotta you gotta think something of yourself in the first place, 
And I think a lot of comics starting out don't have, like, think that they are pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. And I hate to see it. You know, I really yeah. do. Because I know I, I've been there, but I never did any, I never did self-deprecating shit. Mm-hmm. I never, I always found that sort of, I, and some people do it great, obviously. But I don't know. I don't, I don't under, I just don't understand how you can do that and feel Maybe it makes people feel better, but it's like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with it. Like, I wouldn't, I'm, I don't want to say the things that I'm worried about what other people are saying. You know right. what I mean? But other people probably deal with it the other way where they go, I'm just going to say it. And then they can't hurt I'm me. the same with you where it's like, I have so much in my life that it's like, people always go like, uh, even comedians will be like, don't you think people like, like they, people talk about like stealing jokes. I'm like, I would know if someone. There is, like, no... I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. everybody has step-parents and everybody has family with addiction, but, like, a lot of my stuff that I no, choose they don't. to talk about... <laughs> no, they don't. You are alone, everybody. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff I choose to talk about I know is very unique to me. And so... Yeah. And, and I I like talking about it, and I like working yeah. on it. And I never chose to do the self-deprecate. And when I would do it, like, a couple of times I tried certain jokes at open mics about, like having an eating disorder, and I was like, this doesn't feel good. I should just talk about mm-hmm. it with a therapist. Yeah, totally. You know? I mean, that's my, that's, that, that's the thing is like for, for years, you know, you do open mics and it's like a lot of people think it's therapy. Um, and maybe it helps them a little bit, but you know, really, and you know, and a lot of people just can't afford it and that sucks. It's a bad country, but, uh, it's like, I don't know, just, it just like, this thing of like, you know, you see, so that, you know, to your question of like, how has it helped you in a way that you didn't yeah. think it would? I see a lot of people doing thing, doing a lot of falling into a lot of the traps that I used to fall into. Okay. Uh, and I go, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm not there anymore. And I will, if I can, I will try to help them get out of that, you know, in That's terms of just going like, Hey, like, you know, you don't have to sit in that. Like you can, you can kind of like intervene, you know, again, agency, like, yeah. If you can can stop someone from like thinking about something for a month, that's like the best feeling. Oh my God. I mean, it's like, that is like, uh, I've had a great life, but that was, that's, that's a torturous thing to be. It's torture. It's it's purgatory really, you know, it's, it's kind of like what that's described as. It feels like purgatory where you're just stuck. There's like one one person or two people who have told me, which has made me feel like, and it's never it's never to toot my own horn. It's literally because it makes me so happy that like I stopped them from just going down a bad path. Was like Bridget McGuire, who was on the podcast, was like, um, we did a show together maybe like two years ago, and I told her about my experience with exposure therapy, and then she was like, oh, maybe I'll try it, and she actually like went to therapy and and she's like you like saved my life and like a couple people who have told me that has made me be like like obviously felt really great and I'm really happy for them but it made me so happy that like like you said I'm not in that place and I stopped them from Mm -hmm. like yeah potentially saving a life of like also potentially saving like time of like just being tortured by your own thoughts totally and like totally people who like one of my best friends who was like you saved my life like i went to exposure therapy because like ocd is something that's like hard to talk about because i I know a lot of people have it but it's like it's not it's not as diagnosed maybe as yeah because it's not just washing your hands 
as much. It's like rumination. And yeah, I see. You know, I've, I haven't really talk, broached that, but I think yeah. there's a possibility that I have a shade of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just with the loops and like... I had shit when I was. You're thinking about like one thing that's mm -hmm. rumination. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like there's a lot of overlap. Between yeah, like, I don't want to diagnose like, myself or yeah. make anyone else's diagnosis feel less uh you know whatever, but uh, yeah, and I've had you know I think I think I heard someone say that the intrusive thoughts is like a big one. That's a big yeah. Yeah, because I definitely the, had that. So the growing up. Yeah. I had I came to my parents' house <laughs> or to uh, to my parents' room rather. Uh, when I was a kid one day and yeah. I was like, hey, guys, I had a, I, 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 I'm scared. I keep thinking that I'm going to kill you with a knife. Oh, you got a CD book. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I'll just say that. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, like I'm not, you? I'm like, I'm not going to, <laughs> but I just want to let you know, I've thought about it. If it happens, <laughs> uh, I was sleepwalking. <laughs> But, you know, it's also, like, bad dreams, and there was horror movies that I saw that it was scary and all that. And, like, I think my biggest fear was has always been being, like, a bad person. <laughs> and it's, like, that was part of that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, that's... Well, you know, and that, that goes into the black and white thinking where if I do this, I'm a good person. If I do that, I'm a bad person. It's like, no, there's Ex a lot of gray area. Exactly. And that's, like, what my therapist will always kind of come back to. Yeah. You know? The other thing about it is, like, it can fucking make you into someone that you can rely on. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, that's another one of the first things I said going into therapy. I was like, I want people to feel, I want, to, I want to, people to think that I have my shit together. Like, that I, like, have it yeah. together. Like, people can rely on me or whatever. And, uh... And she was like, okay. You're so right, because it's always like, not to interrupt you, but it's No, like, please. That's where a lot of, um, like, you don't want... So so I always say when somebody tells you something, always consider the source, right? Because mm -hmm. it's yeah. like, if somebody tells you you're a good comedian and they suck, you're like, oh, all right. But if somebody's <laughs> really good, yeah. you're like, I, I did my fucking job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's that with anything in life. Yeah. And so if somebody says something shitty to you, you're like, well, consider the source. But you want to be somebody that's like trustworthy yeah. and loyal and like, oh, if he gives me advice, I should take it because look at him. Yeah. And and that's no, that's I'm not, we've never I've never talked about that with anybody, but that's yeah, that's you want to be able to rely on yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I said when I went in. I was like, I was like, I want pe and you know, this is how my therapist is really great. She was like. I was like, I want people to think that I have my shit together and yeah. that like I can be relied on. And she was like, well, who do you want to think that? And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know, most people. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, when do you want them to think that? And for how long? And like, what do you, what, like, what are the parameters of that? Like, and I was why? like, but it helped me even more to go like, when do you want them to think it? And for, do you want them to just ruminate on that? Like, what do you want? What is the goal okay. of that? like line of thinking yeah it's a completely if you get down to it like when i go i want people to think that i have it together and that i can be relied on I see that's a completely unrealistic like it does it's almost nonsense it doesn't mean anything you know and then when you know we get down to it 
she goes, who do you want to think? And I go, you me. <laughs> I want. <laughs> All right. Hats I want to you. think Here's that I, I want to yeah. be able to rely on myself. And when I say something, I'm going to do it. There's a, uh, there's a part of, yeah, that's what you get down to is everything is like, you. you know, yeah, it's all you. Like when I go like, yeah, these fucking bookers and whatever, you know. And then she goes, well, what do you think that you could do more? And I go, well, I could do a lot more. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like what you get down to is it's always your, it's always you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless yeah. there's some weird thing. But you know what I mean? Right. It's like right. uh, there's this anecdote from um, Anthony Bourdain's book. Um where he's talking about his sous chef, which is, you know, his right-hand man. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about how this guy was, like, a maniac when he first met him. And he was, like, crazy, drug, doing drugs, staying up till all hours, like, you know, a thief, like, running, like, little, like, <laughs> black market within the restaurant for, oh, yeah. like, all this different stuff. Like, just a kind of crazy guy. And he said, there's a line in the book that stuck with me where he goes, and then he suddenly and inexplicably became the type of person who when he says he's going to do something, he does it. And that just sticks with me because, like, that's what I want to do. It's like I want to, like, when I say I'm going to do something, I want to do it for for myself. Is your point that, like, it was Anthony that was feeling like that? or like No, no. Because a lot of times, like, just to even, like, because my line of thinking with that, what you said was, when I'm happy, I think everybody's happy. And when I'm sad, right. I think everybody's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. ever, like, walk into a mic or, like, a show or even, like, a social setting, you're like, oh, no, everyone's shitty. But whenever you're happy, you start to see people as you see them. Totally, totally. You're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. your own emotions. Yeah. No, that's a great point. But, yeah, I was not – what I, I – I identify as that the, – the right-hand man guy, the sous chef, is, like, just being someone who kind of is just – like fumbling around and bumping into things for a long time. And then I just, when I heard that line, I was like, okay, you can do that. Like it's up to you. Yeah. It's up to you. You can just decide to be a man, uh, be a person of your word and like be reliable. And like, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And to yourself is the most important one. Like when I say that I'm going to, you know, do this or that, work yeah uh, you know whatever it is or i'm going to like make this goal i'm going to try to stick to it mm-hmm. and you can let you got to let yourself like falter with that stuff too but it's like right. you can become someone who you can rely on yeah and that's hard when you don't have that it's really it feels it's like hard, you're not even it, standing on solid ground right but you need to like you said even in the very beginning of the podcast you need to make logical steps to that because you don't just wake up one day and do it but it's like there's something that needs to a push you and then you need to push yourself where it's like i was always like the funny chronically late person now if i'm late i beat the shit out of myself like i am always on time for shit and it's like Mm -hmm. i like am never late to a show i like because i had this like there was something that kicked me in the ass when i was a senior in high school i was like captain of diving team and I was always late because I didn't know I had narcolepsy, so I would like oversleep shit. I would have like seven alarms going off, and I would never wake up. And basically, the head coach, who I respected so much, came up to me and he's like, "If you're late one more time, like you're not gonna be captain anymore." So I literally went out that day and bought another alarm clock, <laughs> and was never late again. And I was like, "Oh, I can." You. Yeah. It's not like you can change overnight, but like you can take the steps to be that person. And it's like once I once I got to college. That shit got even worse where it's like there was a clock at the top of our 
practice in the gymnastics gym because we worked out there where it would say the seconds and if you were there at 6 a.m 01 seconds like 100 burpees right away mm-hmm. and before the practice and then there's a second practice that day so it's like you were gonna be busted yeah. And like, it doesn't matter how late you were. If you're 20 minutes late, 100 rivers, if you're one minute late. So it whipped me into shape. And that's why it's like, I want to be reliable. That was one thing too, where I was felt like I was out of control. And yeah. I was always late and I was always, you me know, too. the messy one. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of things, a lot of promises that I made. I never kept. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things I said I was going to do. I never did a lot of, you know, whatever, all these things. Uh, but the, but the key is like just going, okay, that was a, that that's, the way that I was. Yeah, and I guess you don't have to a, put a label on it just you can't, you can't do it. You can't, I don't know. For me, I don't know how it works for ever, anyone else, but like for me, it was like, I can't keep beating myself up about this. I got to just like, all right, now I'm going to change. Okay, that was how I was, and now I'm going to be different. You know, now I'm going to be able to rely on myself and like have other people be able to rely on me. And right. That's it. That's the decision. And you, yeah, you just decide to take steps to do it. And that's like therapy. And whether you enter it in desperation or hope, I think it's going to be useful either way. Yeah. Um, what's, we're going to wrap up, but what's like one, I usually try to ask this at the end of the podcast. What's mm-hmm. like one piece of advice? Cause I feel like the conversation was surrounding like just starting and getting into therapy. What's like one yeah. piece of advice you would give to someone that like maybe knows that they need it, but won't take the step to do it. It's kind of what we were just talking about. Well, it's like just well, doing it. well, it's it's what I'll just pass along what Gasper did to me. You know, which is tomorrow. If you feel like you're in that spot right now, tomorrow do just do the first step, which is look up. Like if you have insurance, look up what you know people in your area that uh, your insurance covers. If you don't have insurance, like. Try to find, you know, uh, there's sometimes there's free clinics and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, okay, day one, do that, you know, the base level research. Right. Then the next day, call them, you know, and then the next day after that, you know, after you have the calls, then they'll probably set up consultations. Now you do the consultations, you know, on those schedules, put those on your calendars, keep that appointment. It's like, um, it's like when I started stand up, there was I had friends that were like, "Oh, you started stand up? That's cool. Like, what? What's your advice? Like, how should I? I? I've thought about it for a long time. What should I do?" And I said, "The what you have to do is go to an open mic, put your name on the list, and when they say your name, you walk up to the stage. You just have to do it. <laughs> you just when it comes down to it, you just have to do my, it my the first thing time. My, one of my best friends says is like, you ju- you're never going to be ready.' Exactly, exactly. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to feel this is the right moment. If you're thinking about it at all, the right that's the right moment. Right, right. If absolutely. you feel a little bit like you should do it, that then do it then. Yeah. You know, so just just break it up. It's really it's not insurmountable. Just break it into pieces, right. and and then you can do it. You can absolutely do it. Yeah, that's great advice. Because overwhelming is is hard. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. that's how I am a lot with like texts. It's like, I'm either never, not responding for hours or I'm super on top of it. Yeah. And I have that tendency as well. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, yeah, I get weird with it. And it's like, I think just knowing like, oh, I can, yeah. Just taking small steps to knowing how to manage your time and stuff. But, um, 
Anything you want to plug? Any shows coming up? Um, no shows in particular that, but, you know, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, ugh, and all that. Plug it, <laughs> plug it. What, how spell it? Uh, Ty- at Tyler J. Okay. Horvath on everything. And, uh, yeah, just follow me. I'm going to be around. <laughs> It'll be around. I'll be around. <laughs> all right, you guys. Can't, you, can't, you can't keep me away. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, and thank you for listening to Doing Time.